This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans, hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to Season 4, Episode 1 of College Dame Day. We are excited to be back. We are excited for hopefully a better Husker football season. And uh, this week's episode, we wanted to go through some of the preseason rankings. We'll chat about the conference realignments. And of course, as always, we'll have our favorite segment, Football on Fleek. So let's hop right into it. Um, Preseason top 10 came out. uh, Coaches poll and AP poll, pretty similar. A couple of differences. What are your thoughts on it? Okay. Well, first of all, I was surprised by how high Clemson was ranked. What did you guys think about that? So so their quarterback's returning and yes. most of their other starters, but they weren't good last year. So that's kind of your point, Megan, right? Well, yeah. I mean, they've lost most of their coaching staff and they're returning the quarterback who wasn't great last year. Amy, what are your thoughts on on him? Um, He's not good. He, <laughs> he DJ, his- we're, we're speaking of DJ Ui Angalale. I'm just going to call him Lele because that's shorter. um, Anyway, and it's cuter. Um, He it's it's honestly just wasn't really fair to him having to like step into Trevor Lawrence's shoes. Like it was just Mm -hmm. like he was doomed from the start. I don't think if he'd have played somewhere else, he would have. I don't know. I I just feel bad that he came into that place at that time. Even he might have worked out better at Clemson coming at a different time. But like his strengths aren't the same. They can't run the same type of offense. He's not like the thrower that Trevor was. I don't know. He does not have a bright future ahead of him, I don't think. Yeah. Well, he certainly wasn't impressive last year. So, you know, maybe maybe things have changed. But I just was very surprised by how high Clemson was ranked. And last year, I know that their overall record was decent. I think it was 10-3. and three. In the ACC. They should have lost so many more games, mm-hmm. though. I mean, they should have lost to Louisville. They should have lost to probably Florida State. There were several games where the other team, you know, basically gave the game to Clemson. And I just think it's surprising to me that people are expecting them to bounce back. But I think Amy made a good point, though, of who else in the ACC is going to really rise up, though. So I can see them getting through most of the season Mm-hmm. With a, a decent again record, and they'll be like, "Oh, you know, we can we can put them up there. They've only lost one game, or they're undefeated." So now, do I think overall they're going to make it to the to the college football playoffs? I don't think so, but mm-hmm. well, I think they're like the opposite of us in that people just like look at our record and they're like, "Ooh," but it's yeah. like, how many games do we lose by like this much that could have like flipped the other way? Mm-hmm. And they're like the opposite where they kind of pulled those out and it could have been a very different record for them too. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what Clemson does. They might surprise me, but I don't really think they should be up at number four. Yeah. Well, they do face number the number five on both lists, Notre Dame, um, Clemson, Notre Dame score off uh, about halfway through the season. Notre Dame is someone who I just don't, I feel like they're always a disappointment. Like even when they Mm -hmm. made the national championship game a handful of years ago and got blown out by Bama, I just, they always underperform. And I think they need to join a conference, which is a different topic, but Mm -hmm. they also have a new head coach, um, Marcus Freeman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jury's undecided for me on him. We'll see how he does, but 
I I also don't see Notre Dame sticking around in the top five very long. Yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on Utah? That seemed a little bit out of left field to me. Well, I will say, Megan, as everyone knows, I did not stay up late enough to watch most of the Pac-12 after dark. However, with a newborn, I'm very much looking exci- looking forward <laughs> to uh, to watching these games as I will be up. So I might have a better answer for you then. Okay, well, I'll be anxiously awaiting your opinion on that. Yeah, Amy, you're the you're the mountain time person. Well, I did pick them a lot last year just because I feel like when I saw them play, they like looked strong. But I think it's different when you come in like surprising people versus people expecting something out of you. So I don't know that they can like, I feel like it was more like they were like flying under the radar and they surprised some people that weren't expecting them. And I think it's different when the pressure's on you. So I don't know. I I see them as like a kind of middle of the road team. So I think, you know, the biggest takeaway is essentially coaches pull AP pool are the same teams, couple in different mm-hmm. order. Um, Texas got a vote, by the way. Um, I would like to say about this <laughs> that was either like it's a Oklahoma move or someone like how hilarious would that prank be if you're like <laughs> somebody else and you just like vote for them to make him look so like make Steve look like such yeah. a idiot <laughs> because you know that poll came out and Steve Sarkeesian was like that meme with the bear with the big eyes where he's like looking and then. Because yeah. I don't know, I just think that's a hilarious prank if that wasn't him. But I mean, I'm sure it was him. But that's you fine. think so? I feel like that would be the dumbest move ever if you're the coach to put your own team at number one when you're clearly terrible. Like you lost to Kansas last year. Like I don't know, just like putting a target on your back for no reason. Well, but like, I mean, these are men coaching at the highest level, and they do stuff like that. Like I don't know, <laughs> testosterone was surging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This this is who Michael thinks it is. Uh, speaking okay. of Clemson losing some uh, some coaches, he thinks Brett Venables from Oklahoma did it to like hype up the team, being like Texas got to vote yeah. for number one. Like yeah, you know what I mean. Like totally yeah. like gaslighting. So them some person motivation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but we'll see because it does come out at the end of the year. Like wh- who all the rankings. Oh, were, so. okay. We'll get we'll, so have, we'll, to we'll have to circle back around to that and yes. Um, we also had a vote for the top twenty-five. Um, probably this again. Not. <laughs> no, Thank yeah. you, yeah. Thank you. Oh, Brett. <laughs> Classic. He's causing um, all kinds of chaos. Yeah, but I think everyone's takeaway whenever there's preseason rankings is they really don't mean anything. What's the uh, whose line is it anywhere? Points don't matter. Ratings mm-hmm. don't really matter. So yeah. Well, we'll have to see what happens. Something that is having a huge um, effect on the college football uh, landscape is conference realignment. So we had, obviously, the big news of Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, and then USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten in 2024, which, (laughs) oh, I don't know what to think about that. That's going to be a a nice long travel trip, I suppose, but I guess it's probably not too far as Maryland, I guess. So at this point, we're just traveling cross-country for both sides. Good move, bad move. What do you guys think? Well, that's, like, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but... Landing those two teams is what helped us get that $7 billion contract. So, I mean, I guess all in all, it supposedly will help us. And especially with, like, the SEC becoming, like, a super conference now, we had to, like, do something like that to Mm -hmm. stay up there. I don't like change, and I don't like that it, like, anything started to happen anyway. But, like, I understand 
other teams jumping ship once like stupid Texas and Oklahoma did that because now we have to like stay relevant. Yeah. I mean, cause one of the conferences is not going to make it out of this alive and it looks like the big 10 is, it's not going to be them. So that that's good. <laughs> yeah. Big 12 or the pack, uh, pack 12 clamoring. Yeah. I still, yep. I still don't understand why is Notre Dame. I mean, I do know, but why is Notre Dame? I feel like that is a much more natural fit for the Big Ten than like a USC UCLA. Mm-hmm. What is isn't doesn't Notre Dame have a few sports in the Big Ten? They have the ACC for a few. They have ACC. I, they I think they have like one one or two sports in the Big Ten just because the other ACC doesn't have those sports. Have those sports? Okay, it's like hockey or something, sense. you know. Yeah, I knew they were in there for something, but yeah, like especially yeah. with like the Big Ten's like reputation, like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, the other team that would be a good fit would be Stanford. You know, maybe if the Pac-12 does dissolve, they'll go after Stanford. In in that case, too, Notre Dame—that's their rival for the Thanksgiving weekend. So maybe, you know, that would also be a good fit. So do you think we are headed toward essentially a handful of super conferences and we're going to get away from having, you know, a handful of different ones? Uh, what's the danger in this? I, I, the SEC is just becoming too big, too big to fail. It, like college football is already screwed up. Okay. With the like <laughs> money situation. It's like, think, think about it. like, what if you like hire some kid that like you think's going to be really good and then he like sucks yeah. and your brand is like ruined because of it. Yeah. Him? But anyway, um, like what happened with Spencer Rattler and was it Dr. Pepper? Like what was the NIL deal he had? I oh, I don't know. Didn't he have like a really big one? He did. I thought it was like a car. A car. Oh, maybe it one. was that. Yeah. And he's gone. He's like in South Carolina now. So right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. so, that does happen. Yeah. yeah. Um. I don't know. Like I just think it's like the whole college football landscape is just. It's like um, those movies you watch where, like, have you ever seen that, um, where's that, what's that movie where Denzel Washington is blind, but you don't know it until the end of the movie, but it's like the the, the earth is like literally like scorched. It's been, I, uh, I don't Book know. of Eli? Book of Eli, yes. Okay, you know how like everything looks then? It's like just complete like rubble everywhere, like buildings down once, once in a while you might find like a, that's like the college football landscape right now. Like, the conferences. The transfer portal where kids can just jump ship and go somewhere else, getting paid. It's just like, that's what it looks like right now. And so it's just like, it's just like survive at this point, I guess. Or you're going to be eaten by a zombie. I don't. It's <laughs> very bright and optimistic outlook from I mean, Thank you. Sad. We're heading in a great direction. And if I don't have a good outlook, then it's, it's in a dismal state. That's true. I don't remember what your original question was, but <laughs> just what's the like the concerns of of moving toward this? I mean, obviously, the power, the TV deals are all going to go the way of the SEC. And then to your point, too, Amy, is that going to lead to they get all of the top recruits because they're going to get the NIL deals because they're getting the advertising. And I just think we're maybe getting away a little bit from like grassroots football, which is what I mean, everyone wants to watch. So we'll see what happens. I mean, We've had conference realignments before. It's not new, but I just think again at this state where like so many teams are going at one. Like I don't know. I feel like this is a new level of mm-hmm. conference realignments. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the transition is a lot more extreme right now. It's like how everyone talks about the NBA, 
like when super teams started like some people think it was like back with mj but some people say no he had pure teams and it was like the golden state warriors when kd joined like i don't know i just feel like it's just all getting messed up it's all getting messed oh, up so on that note <laughs> It's not like it's not like this is the big eight going to the big twelve. We're just adding like, you know, Texas and like adding their team. It's this is like changing everything and like and and what's the dumbest thing is that when we won championships in the Big Twelve, what are you smiling at, Laura? <laughs> you just remind me of like a Victorian lady. You're like lounged on your pillow, being like, "Oh, and the conferences." We <laughs> said, "Okay, she was swooning." I have a point, okay? Because when we won championships in the Big Twelve, when we joined the Big Ten, the Big Ten gets to claim those national championships now, which is not right. So all the the Big 12, all Oklahomas and Texas, all that goes to the SEC, which isn't right. It isn't fair. And they look more powerful than what they really are, which is the basis of the SEC and how they've always been. And then like that house of cards, they actually kind of built something. And then they do have like the pull of like the facilities and the money and all that stuff. And it's 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 like but it's all built on lies. And it's just, it's not right, I tell you. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we're all depressed. Did you want to add anything to the conferences, Megan? No, I mean, I think it's one of those things that does feel like a new horizon. I don't know what things are going to look like in a few years, but I think this is a business, basically, that there's a lot of money behind it. And so people are going to have to figure it out if they want it to continue. And so, you know, there might be some pivots and some troubleshooting that needs to go into that. But I don't know. I don't know what it means. And I don't know what it's going to look like. So yeah, we'll have to keep our eye on it. We'll kind of see if there's any more moving pieces to the puzzle. Um, What happens to the Pac-12 and the Big 12? Um, We'll see. Um, But let's move on to a more upbeat topic, our football on fleek segment. Amy, do you want to introduce it for us? Sure. So we're doing Love It or List It, which coaches or teams going to different conferences made good moves and which will regret their moves and be looking for new places to live soon. What do you guys think? Because I had I definitely wanted to discuss Lincoln Riley going to USC. Um, did you guys see like his salary and his like the home like that he got as part of the deal and like all his like it is insane. Like let me see if I can Google really quick and send it to you. Yeah, so I think Amy kind of alluded to it, but I am very curious and I can't decide to love it or list it. I actually think he will do really well. Uh, Lincoln Riley at USC. Although he I- went to kind of a dying well, I guess they'll be moving over, but going off to a dying conference right now. I think I think he is a good coach. I think he'll recruit well. People are saying that when they recruited him, they told him of the like bid to go to the Big Ten, and that's part of the allure that like drew him. I just sent the pictures; they're like insane. It's like seventeen million dollar, like three acre beachfront. Like it's disgusting, actually. But um, <laughs> okay. But you know, you know who like made that decision? I and this is. Not factual. This is my opinion. This is Laura's opinion. I guarantee when Lincoln Riley went to his wife and said, we can stay in Oklahoma (laughs) in the middle of nowhere, or we can move out to California 
Who do you think sold him on that ultimately? His wife. Yeah. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Yeah, but, but don't you think that it works to his advantage to go to the Pac-12 and have a year there first? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you don't have to be good. Like, just be decent, mm-hmm. and you're going to look like you've resurrected the program. Yeah. Versus, like, going to the SEC and having... Right, this- which is what Oklahoma was looking yeah. at, you know? That's, yeah. I um, believe it was a smart move by him, especially because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know that the SEC transition was his, like... He was included in the, 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 yeah, his, his choice, that thought process. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's really set up to succeed. So yeah, I, I, I also expect him might, to do well. It might take a bit, but I do. Yes, I do expect him to love it and stay there. So that that British lady won this round for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, the love it. So yeah. what are you um, what coaches did you have for listed, Laura? Oh, if I could do my fake Southern accent, I would. (laughs) (laughs) I think Um, we all have this one on our list. Ryan Kelly at LSU. I am not convinced. First of all, you're going to to the SEC. LSU has a ton of talent, but it's just very unorganized. And to your point, it's not the conference that you can kind of get a practice year in with. Mm -hmm. So there's also a really tough schedule this year for them. I just don't see him getting it done. I don't know how much time they're going to give him. To me, it's just not, it's just not a, not a fit. He's never gotten it done anywhere. He can't get it done. So, like, yeah, and going to coaching at Notre Dame when you're not in a conference, you get to call all your own shots, not play anybody really versus the SEC. Like, he's, he's going to be on the market for a new team pretty soon. Well, I just think skill level aside, culturally it's such a horrible fit I just think you take the most Yankee coach you can find and you put him in the deep south like you go from Notre Dame to LSU like those schools are so different I just think culturally it's such a strange fit I'm not sure he's going to you know have the locker room honestly and think about that from a recruiting perspective as well I mean he's going up against Saban and he's you Mm -hmm. know going up against Fisher and I just I don't yeah, I don't know how. I just don't see it. I don't understand. <laughs> maybe it, maybe his staff is is better. I think, more of the the head, you know. I, I know. think what happened was LSU was like, we found the most deeply southern man we could in the previous. Uh, yeah, they couldn't understand him. <laughs> so we're gonna go the opposite way, and we're gonna go find a Yankee, and that's why they. Yeah, well, that pendulum certainly swung. Mm-hmm. in a yeah completely opposite direction there so I don't know I just don't see it what ones did you have Megan well I think for my love it I think Billy Napier going to Florida is a great move I think he's a really good coach he's proved himself you know in, at the group of five level and Florida has so much talent um, I'm really anxious to see I think Florida plays Utah either week one or week two and that'll be a really telling game I think we'll be able to see sort of how things are are trending down in Gainesville I don't know what did you guys think about that one Dave yeah ask Scott Frost how how it works out when you got a great record and then you move yeah a power conference how that translates so well that is true so I mean 
I'm not saying that he won't end up listing it. I'm just saying I love it. For I know a good coach. For now, yeah. it looks to me like Florida's made a good good decision in, in hiring him. So we'll see. The other one I really like, um, which he is not new this year, but Lance Leipold at Kansas. Yeah, Kansas is I like know the bar is low, risky. but it's yeah, but I just I think I think that's a good move for Kansas. So I'm kind question. of surprised they were able to snag him. I have a question for you guys, and this isn't a coach, but a player. But what do you guys think Adrian's going to do at K-State? I think he's going to be all-conference. Well, Why? Like, what, what's different there than at Nebraska that would lead to that? Well, he's in the Big 12. But I think Adrian obviously – performs better when he has no pressure and I think him going to K-State's like a fresh start like remember him freshman year how he just like Mm -hmm. I think he like wasn't in his own head and he just like made plays and he Mm -hmm. was like a Heisman candidate for the next season I think that's him going into K-State because it's like the fans don't care as much as we did you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like there's not pressure on that it's just like something exciting for them so I think it's he's like set up for success there, which kind of makes me want to throw up a little bit. But well, here here's the case study that I use, and I get that it's one example. But Cam Jurgens, do you remember him from last year? <laughs> oh yes, I do. <laughs> okay, he is now being hyped as one of the best centers, like best uh, incoming rookie centers in the NFL. They are like. Super impressed with him. They're like, he's a great blocker. He, like, knows his assignments. They're really high in Cam Jurgens. He could not do anything here at Nebraska. And I'm like, so what's the difference? Yeah. It's coaching. It's coaching. And sure enough, Scott Frost had to get rid of most of his staff. So I think with Adrian going to K-State and Grant, I don't know too much about their coaching. But if he has halfway decent coaching, he's in an Mm -hmm. easier conference, and he has a better line. I think he's got the talent. I mean, we mm-hmm. all know he was hyped originally yeah. his freshman year. Yeah. I I really think he's going to be a standout. I don't think he's NFL quality, but I think he's going to be a standout at K-State. I don't know that you can chalk Adrian all the way up to coaching because he had a lot of the same coaches his freshman year that he did sophomore and junior. So, But I'm talking about coaching from the whole perspective of the offense. Right, but like, like his like decision- bringing in. Not coaching, not coaching the legacy players, but the people that they recruited in, which then started Adrian's sophomore year and all of that. I think working together, they were not cohesive for him. Because I think, I think Adrian, his pro- like he became a head case, like yeah, because we would hear in practice how like he made the best de- decisions and just like the things he could do, and then we were like, okay, great, let's see this in a game, and then he'd like hold on to the ball and get sacked at a time when we just like absolutely couldn't let or like fumble it. And it's like, you know, yeah. what's third down, throw it out of bounds. Like, I don't know. I just feel yeah. like green was his own worst enemy and he was like a head case, but um, the turnovers at unopportune moments was his biggest weakness in my opinion. Which if yeah, I, I mean, I think, yeah, decision-making was clearly another um, liability. Anywho, my other, um, will be listed is Mel Tucker again not a, a new new but um I um th- I think the only way he really actually fits into Michigan State is he's a similar like greasy little dirty you know coach like they're dirty little players um 
Like I think well, he was at Colorado, so yes. Exactly. So he he is sticking with his like, you know, true self, but I think Michigan State I think he just like came in at a time and they had some like lucky wins and he looked a lot better than what he actually is. Um and I think Michigan State just being known for like their because they are they are known for like they're just dirty. Like I don't know, they just like mm-hmm. they're scrappy classlessness too just no. like the way they, okay. they get their wins and stuff um i just yeah. yeah i think that they were not as good as last season looked um i mean there were a lot of games they should not have won and they really benefited from you know some transfer athletes um who aren't there anymore you know what i mean i just i would be surprised if they repeat another season like that but I'm also just curious. I don't know what the expectations are at Michigan State, but I don't know that they're that high. Like, yeah, I mean, are I, they going to run him off? Like, I just, I, I don't know that. Well, the expectations are the same as like what we're. Well, know, we saw he's one of the highest paid coaches. So I know. He better I know. produce something. I mean, he might. Yes. He might stick around because they can't afford to fire him. Mm-hmm. But. I think when they do part ways, it will be on bitter terms. Okay. <laughs> okay. My my list it, because um, I haven't shared that yet, is maybe a little surprising, but I don't love Brent Venables at Oklahoma. I thought okay. it was a strange hire. I know that he was at Oklahoma before he went to Clemson. So in that sense, I see the fit, but I've just never really understood taking an assistant coach and making them a head coach with no head coaching track record, especially at a school like Oklahoma, where it's not, I mean, the expectations Frank are Solich high there. Is, Frank Solich, yeah. Frank Solich is, well, he's not in his grave yet, but he's, he's not liking that comment, I don't think. Um, well, I'm not saying it doesn't ever work. I'm just saying it is a different skill set like being a head coach versus like an assistant mm-hmm. coach of some kind. It's like, you know, you're really focused if you're an assistant coach on that one thing and a head coach, you're, you're more of like a CEO, like you're having to balance all of these. Yeah. You're also familiar with the culture and the, like, I understand why it happens. Like, do you bring in an outsider that doesn't understand the way they work or do you bring in someone that's familiar with the culture and the players and the, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's right, necessary. but I mean he's been at Clemson. Like he, it's not like he's right. been promoted just, from within. Like I, was I don't know. Point that just assistant coaches. Can't yeah. Be yeah. No, I think it is a little different when it's from within, like Marcus Freeman or Frank Solich, for example. Which did you guys hear that they renamed the Ohio University of Ohio renamed their field? I'm it's happy for him. Solich field now. He got some kudos, yeah. you know, because he yeah he did well there. Yeah, he did yeah. well for us, too. <laughs> no, I know. I know. If we could go back to the yeah. record that we had with him, that would be amazing. <laughs> yes, that is the start of our downfall. Was <laughs> uh, was it Steve Peterson when he fired Frank Solich? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steve Peterson, the real villain in this story. All right. So let's turn our focus to talking all things Husker. Amy, you've got your Ferrari red nails ready to go for the game. Um, all right, so let's let's start off with this. What general discussion do you guys want to talk about? Anything you've heard from preseason, the spring game? What's on your mind? 
Well, I um, I liked what I heard about all the puking that was going on. Um, and then Scott came back and like, it was like, I might have exaggerated. Well, because he got in trouble. Yeah, everyone was like 15 to 12. Well, I think the because I think the the numbers he used was 15 to 20 a practice. And people were like, okay, you are either like murdering them or they're like so out of shape and like neither case <laughs> was like a good a good one because I remember um Adam um what's his name that has his own podcast that used to play for us what's his name Adam see I think I have Alzheimer's Adam oh and I, I don't, don't know who this character. is character yes, he was like he was like we definitely had a bucket like when he played back in the 90s and stuff he was like we definitely had this like big like bin or whatever and people used it he was like but 15 to 20 at practice seems a little extreme <laughs> well you have to realize today's cancel culture everyone was like that's player safety oh my goodness and it's like okay he's clearly yeah yes i mean yes it was a stupid comment in hindsight but also come on people come but on i liked hearing that i was like good like we need to be more in shape <laughs> okay you know he's not a great fit for the big 10 either back in the 90s though i remember i just rewatched that miami game the the 95 orange bowl i think it was um where Corey Schlesinger like had those two late scores and we mm-hmm. finally beat them or whatever. The beginning of the game versus the end of the game, like what the difference in that game was our conditioning. Like Warren Sapp, Ray Lewis, yeah. they were like talking crap, all this stuff. And then by the end of the game, they're on their hands and knees, like sucking air, like between every play. And we looked like fine. And that was the difference was our like conditioning, our toughness, all that stuff. So I like hearing that they're puking their guts out. Um, but you probably shouldn't have said 15 to 20 because then that makes me like think that like the shape is like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe they're not in shape. Maybe they're not quite there yet. The other thing that was announced that also made me laugh because I don't feel like this was an announcement at all, but they were like, our starting quarterback's going to be Casey Thompson. I'm like, okay. Mm, was that yeah. ever in question? Like just making it official. Yeah. But I do think, and I don't know if this is, because I know Scott, like, likes to encourage his, I don't know if it was, like, um, to make, like, Smothers and who else is back there behind him? Um, uh, Chubba Purdy? Yeah, but there was another one that he mentioned that they were all playing great. So I don't know if it's just, like, to give them, like, a, yeah, stay here and keep playing hard. Yeah, <laughs> please don't leave. You were so close. <laughs> Well, something that was really exciting, and I will give a small amount of kudos to Kevin Warren, um, is our seven dollar billion or seven billion dollar deal. Um, I'm not giving our- anything to him. That was from the California schools. Thank you very much. That like we have all the media, like we hold all of the media, like big city teams now. Like we've got New York, we got uh, like we have everything. We That's- got Oma- we got. I mean, we got Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so the Big Ten signed a seven-year, seven billion dollar contract with Fox, CBS, and NBC plus streaming services. Um, so that that is a huge move for us. The other, which will also help with NIL and recruiting, but the best ESPN even picked it up. The best NIL endorsement so far. Have you guys seen this commercial? I have, and I didn't think it was like it's not that bad. funny. It's like oh. a, yeah, it's like a good commercial. I'm like, yeah, it is. I mean, the like whole a- concept is funny because it's like yeah. the coldest Crawford, but I'm like, yeah, like good for him. 
No, I don't think I'm not making fun of him. I'm saying it's mm-hmm. funny because it's like it's a perfect match of like yeah, it really your, is. Your air conditioning's yeah. out. You need to call. You know, so he got have... injured. Did you oh. guys see that? The list. What happened? He, I don't know, but it's like indefinitely he's out. Oh man. I shouldn't say that. That's that's what I was thinking earlier when we were talking about like Spencer Rattler's deal. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna go on the fritz now because all this uh, got injured. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. I think it was a leg injury, something knee, ankle, something. Well, if you haven't seen it, you need to look up Decoldus Crawford's TV commercial with an air conditioning company. Pretty funny, good play on words. So. This is a, a positive story about the NIL deal. Yes. It makes me anxious for someone to pick up Chubba Purdy because I feel like there are a lot of potential business Parties. opportunities there. Yeah. There's, you know, Rensa, I don't know. The the other exciting thing that's coming for Nebraska is our new facility, which is current under currently under renovation. Not super excited as someone who's going to be trying to go to the games, though, because construction is going to be out of control. But very excited for the game. Very excited for the season. How do you think we will end up? What are your, your guesses for our record? Well, I, let's let Amy finish because we all know she's going to end on a high I note. So, <laughs> I um, am going to go with eight and four. And the games that I see us dropping are... Purdue, mm. Minnesota, Wisconsin, and then either Illinois or Iowa. I do have us beating Oklahoma, so I know that's a little bit of a stretch, but I can see it happening. So I'm going to pull for that upset there. Um, but eight and four, really at the beginning of every season for probably the past decade, my goal is a bowl game. So mm. I think that if we can go to a bowl game, have a winning record, that's a success. Setting the bar at like a very reasonable level, but how by Laura four that she's eight and four too because she rolled her eyes when you said eight and four. So I'm guessing that's her prediction as well. It is. All right, Laura. Um, I have a f- I have a couple different games. Player. I do have a dropping in Oklahoma, so okay. I have an eight and four. I think. This is the year we're going to take care of the games we need to take care of, and we're going to lose the games that we probably should lose. So mm-hmm. I have us dropping Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, and Oklahoma. Okay. All right. Well, time for some cheeriness. Okay. Okay. I, I go back and forth on dropping because it's just like I don't want to drop any, and I don't want to, like, admit that, like, we could even drop any. I think we start off the season with a bang. We are, um, the spread is like 13 points. So, like, if you're a betting people, like, bet all day on Nebraska because, like, that's not even two full scores. Like, we will definitely cover this. Um, we're in Ireland. It's green. Like, it's my birthday, St. Patrick's Day. Like, all the stars are lining up. Bet the farm on this game, okay? We are going to cover. Uh, so I think our record is going to be ten and two. Okay, um, we're going to beat Oklahoma. They're not going to be there in disarray. They're reeling from their losing their coach, um, their quarterbacks. Like they're they're just in. They have to come to Lincoln. Or no, we're going there. 
No, they have to. No, it's it's a home game for us. It is a home game. Mm -hmm. It's just they're just sorry, Oklahoma. It's gonna be rough for you. We're gonna beat them. Um, Of course, Indiana, those snakes. Um, Rutgers, obviously, Purdue. We have no problem with them. They beat us last year. I know, but they shouldn't have. Which means it's time for us to win this year. Okay, all right. Sorry, I forgot about that rule. Purdue has eked out a couple that they shouldn't have. Okay. So, just we're going to okay. put them back in their place this year. Got it. Um, no problems with Michigan. Michigan is not going to be good this year. Okay, you guys? Like, everyone. You heard it has, here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Okay. They were good for a several reasons last year. Like, it was kind of like the perfect storm. Like, how Hutchinson. Yeah. <laughs> All of their reasons they were good, I feel like, are gone now. Um, they lost a couple coaches. Like, I just, they're not going to be good this year, guys. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you heard Marketing it here. facts. Michigan is not going to be good. Okay. We might drop a game to somewhere here or there. I don't know where they're going to come from. To or fro, here or there. <laughs> but. Hither and beyond. Ten and two. Okay, Our, do you, you're not even going to, like, throw out some options for the two games that yeah, we lose? Those, like, Wisconsin, for some reason, they just seem to, like, out-hustle yeah. us or something. Because it's, like, like Wisconsin doesn't, ha- like, get tons and tons of talent. They just, like... But they're they, coached well. They they are they are coached well, even though I don't like him. I don't I don't like his glasses. Paul I don't Chris. like the way he stands there on the sideline. I don't like the board. I, I just don't, don't like his him. face. I don't. I don't like his face. He always like says bad words, and then people are like, "Oh, he's just like." It's just I have to cover Casty's eyes when they zoom in on him. It's just I don't like him. But it's possible we could drop a game to them, and then somebody that we should beat. I'm gonna say maybe Minnesota. Don't like him either. Um. But we are not losing to Illinois or Indiana this year. Like, I refuse to allow that to happen. I really want to beat Iowa this year, so I just can't say it's them. So maybe I should say 11-1. and one. <laughs> Maybe. It maybe looks I like should... we're trendy, maybe towards an undefeated season, honestly. <laughs> I know. Maybe that should be it. I'm going to stick with 10-2. and two, Just for, you know, allow some margins, room for error. But I'm not naming any other teams beating us because I just can't. All right. Well, I think you had some bold predictions to go along with the Huskers about Michigan. Did you want to add anything to them just not being good this year? Um, not pretty much said it all. I think. Um, yeah. you guys, you guys didn't have either one of you had us losing to them. No, I know. I think we're. I had us like that. Oklahoma and Michigan being kind of our spoiler games, I like where we them. spoil it for them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just but like. Michigan beyond like us playing them mm-hmm. in the Big Ten as well. Like I don't think they're going to have as good a season as ever. I think they're going to okay. plummet from the high rankings they have very quickly. So okay, you heard it here first. All right, all right, I like it. Their time has come. They came in like a wrecking ball, <laughs> going back out. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say like a, a win, like the waves. They've come in and now they've returned. Pulling them back. They've come in like a lion. They're going out like a lamb. Yes. All right. Well, let's wrap this episode with our predictions for the Nebraska Northwestern score. 
Amy, you're very confident we're going to cover. So what is your... Very, very confident. Okay. Well, what was the score last year? 56 to 7, I think. Um, and again, I, I see us getting better. I don't see them getting better. Um, the, the only, like, wild card is, like, it being in Ireland and, like, are the Europeans going to, like, be throwing trash? Like, I don't know what you're going <laughs> to is it going to be like that that cluster last year where there's, like, mustard ball? Like, I don't know how. Like, Europeans can be crazy about soccer and stuff, you know? So, it's like, are they going to, like, affect the game at all in any way? Or are they just going to, like, sit there politely? Like, I just, I don't, that's the only wild card. But I think I'm going to say 47-14. Okay, put it, put it on the outline. Megan, what do you have? Okay, well, it's funny that Amy said 47-14 because I had just written a score down and my score was 37-14. And this is based on the game last year where (laughs) it was really one of our only shiny moments from the season last year where it was like everything was going right, things were just clicking, the offense looked great the defense looked great so I'm hoping that we look the same against them this year well I'm gonna let our offense get off to a little bit slower of a start I will go with Amy and say would you say the cover was how much again 13 13 I think that was the spread that's what it was last time I checked let me let me I'm gonna say say 28 to 10 I'm gonna go low scoring okay also one little thing to add in here did you guys see Pat Fitzgerald like not naming his starter to be like old coy and like mysterious and like did you see that he's like not naming like he's trying to like mind game like does he really think that's gonna make a difference like is that like his only power probably play? i was gonna say like they probably don't have a ton of tools <laughs> right now so mind games might be their strategy I'm gonna, see, I'm gonna see if the line moved at all since last night because i feel like it could have Oh my gosh, it's 12 and a half now. It's a half Definitely point. take it, people. That means okay. people, are, people are betting for Northwestern. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of College Dame Day. Go Huskers. Hope to get a W and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football content.